What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and if y'all ever work retail, you'll understand that sometimes the customers can be a pain in the butt. If you ever work retail, you will understand this. Sometimes the customers will be a pain in the butt. Y'all ever have to tell a customer that you can't do something, and they get mad at you as if you're the one that came up with that rule, and then they talk to you as if you have the authority to completely change a rule that influences the entire company. Y'all ever have that happen? Happened to me the other day. Had to tell a client no, and they got mad. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, why don't you tell that to the person that actually makes the rules? Because I have no authority over that. And we were super busy at work, and it was stressful. We had lines out the door, and we didn't catch a break. And y'all, if y'all ever had a crazy, busy work day, you'll understand that sometimes you just want a break. So I finally got on my lunch break, and I was about to pray. I was about to be like, Lord, please, just let these people go away. Come on. Lord, please, just oh, give me strength. Help me through this day. Make this day fly by. If you can just cut a few hours out the day, I won't tell nobody that you did it. Just do it for me, please, because I'm trying to go home. And I was so prepared to pray a prayer that I was just asking the Lord to do something. But instead, I stopped myself and I said, you know what? I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to give thanks. So that's what I did. And I sat there and I was like, Lord, and this was hard for me because all I wanted to do was scream. I was like, Lord, I thank you for this job. I thank you that through this pandemic, you've allowed me to keep working. I thank you for my wife and for my daughter. I thank you for my house and for my cars. I was just going down the list of everything that I was thankful for. Because I decided in that moment I was going to produce a prayer of thankfulness instead of reducing my prayer life to just asking what God can do for me. And through this time of pandemic, it's easy for us to crawl back and just ask God to do for us instead of praying for God to do something through us. The title of this message, I need you to listen close, is Producing Through Pandemics. Just because the world's production is on a standstill right now does not mean that you have to be as well. Just because everything in the world is shut down because of this virus, just because we are in a pandemic where shelves are not being filled, where people are not able to go to work, where people are not able to produce finances for their family, does not mean that you have to stop the production in your life. So how are we going to do that? That's a good question. How are we going to do that? First thing, we need to strengthen our supply. Now, what do you mean by that? What I mean is you need to strengthen what's already inside of you. And the only way you can do that is by being in the word. And I may be thinking, that's crazy. How's that going to help me? I was reading the Bible. Going to help me strengthen my supply. Or you may be saying, I read my Bible. I read like one chapter a day. And I'll say to that, okay, read more. And here's why. If you want to see production, you have to know the producer. If you want to see salvation in your season that you're struggling in right now, you need to know the Savior. You need to know what he says for you and what he says about you. Because we serve a God that wants to produce, not reduce. In this time right now, it's very easy to see reduce. Very easy to see reduction. It's easy to see reduction in your job in your finances, and what you're able to buy, in the amount of time you're able to spend with friends, all you can see right now, if you really just wanted to, is reduction. But we serve a God that wants to bring production, 
not reduction. You know, in, in John chapter 1, verse 1, it said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here's why I say that. Because Jesus was the Word became flesh. And this is interesting because what Jesus was, was the Word. And throughout Jesus' life, what did he produce? He produced more Word. Jesus was love. And he produced more love. Jesus was almighty so we could all be mighty in the Lord. What I'm trying to get you to see is that, that you produce what you are. Jesus was the word. That's what he was. And he produced more word. So if you allow yourself to be defined by your circumstance, if you allow your identity to be caught up in what job you have or what house you own or what car you have or what people you hang around. If you allow your identity to be caught up in the things that are of this world, then that is what you are going to produce. So when those things fail, no wonder why it's hard for you to feel like you can produce anything more. But if you strengthen your supply and you put your trust in the word and you allow the word to become one with you, then you will therefore be able to produce more good. The Bible says this, for no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. So in this time of pandemic, if you're allowing the spirit of reduction to talk to you, if you're allowing doubt to creep into your heart, if you're allowing depression and fear and anxiety to be a part of who you are, that is what you are going to ultimately be producing. You know, I almost named this message a very long title, so you're very welcome that I didn't. I was going to name it Increasing Your Production in a Time Where We Have Little. What do we do with what God has given us? See, some of us willingly receive the produce that God gives us in our life, but we don't take that produce and then start producing. You understand what I'm saying? We'll willingly take the stimulus check. We'll willingly take the things that God has given us. But if God has called you to do something with that, would you produce it? Would you produce it? See, God has given us gifts. And I'm not just talking about money and, and you know cars and all. I'm talking about spiritual gifts. God has given us abilities and gifts and a skill set. And some of us are just holding on to that skill set, but we're not using it to produce more good. And I wonder why. And I thought, I, I sat down and I thought about this. I was like, is it because we're scared? Are we scared that if we use the gift that God has given us, that, that maybe people will reject us or tell us that we're crazy for doing it? Do, do we believe what God has said about us? Or do we even know what God has said about us? That, that because we are his children, we inherit the full kingdom of God, that, that we are made in his image, that, that we have strength through his strength. And I just didn't, I didn't understand it. And, and it asked the question, what gifts has God given you that you've just been sitting on? Y'all ever got socks for Christmas? I'm gonna switch it up because I, I really want to know. Y'all ever y'all ever be at your Christmas party with your family and you excited to open up your gifts and you open up your gift and it's a pair of socks. This happened to me before. I've opened up like underwear and socks before, and I was younger, and I remember my mom and my dad would look at me and be like, say thank you. Tell boy, tell them thank you. Tell them thank you. Thank you, auntie. 
Thank you for the socks. Y'all know, y'all know what it feels like when you get socks. Ain't nobody want a pair of socks. And and you sit there thinking, why couldn't y'all got me to anything else? Like, why couldn't y'all got me money? Or I don't know, an uh, Xbox game. And what's funny is, is in our perspective, the gift that we received was trash because it wasn't what we wanted. But when they gave you the gift, they didn't just give you the gift to spite you. They gave you the gift because they ultimately knew that was something that you needed and that you could use. You understand what I'm saying? My sister cracks me up. This was maybe like five, six years ago, I think. During Christmas time, my sister had an addiction to Lilith's Pet Shop toys. If y'all ever understood little girl's toys, you would know what Lilith's Pet Shop is. And she loved Lilith's Pet Shop. That's all she wanted. So for Christmas, my parents got her everything Lilith's Pet Shop. Like everything. Big old play sets, little tiny dolls, everything. And she loved them. Oh my gosh, Lilith's Pet Shop, yay. And she would play with it because that's what she wanted. But then the, the next year, the once for her gift changed. The next year, all she could care about was My Little Pony. And so all the Lil's Pet Shop stuff that she got, she no longer cared for. And then that year, they got her My Little Pony. And then the year after that, her interest changed. And the year after, and the year after, and the year after. Now what's funny is, is at the time, she loved her gifts because it's what she wanted. Was it what she needed? No. Because in just the next season, what she wanted changed. So the gifts that she received was no longer useful to her. And I wonder, has God been giving you the gift of socks? Like, like, hear me out, hear me out. I know it's a metaphor, but hear me out. Has God not been granting you the gifts that you wished you had? Y'all wish you could sing. Y'all wish you could dance. You see them people on American Idol all the time and their whole family walking up talking about, oh my gosh, Andrew is the best singer I've ever heard. And then he roll up on the mic sounding like a dead cat. And you're wondering, bro, th this ain't your gift. <laughs> like, like go program a computer, but this ain't your gift, homie. Has God been trying to give you the gifts like socks that he knows you will ultimately need because in your walk with God, your feet may be may get uncomfortable and you may need something like socks. Maybe God's not giving you the gift that you want because he understands that in this season, what you want will change in the next. Mm. Mm. I want you to understand something. Just because your gifts aren't what you hope for, don't mean you can bury them. Just because God gave you a gift that you didn't like, doesn't mean you just can't use it. You need to use the gift that God has given you. For me, for instance, my gift, my gift is to do what I'm doing right now. Reading the word and preaching the word. That's my gift. And I've known that this was what God wanted me to do for about three, four years now, but I just ultimately started doing it just a few months ago. And you ask why? Well, here's what's funny, because the gift that I have to, to preach and being able to just read the word and come up with a 30 minute message, some of y'all may think that's an awesome gift. You may think, I want that gift. But for me, this gift was like a pair of socks because God gave me this gift and it sounds great. But here's what's funny. To preach the word, you have to know the word. Where do you find the word? In the Bible. Well, what's the Bible? It's a book. I hate reading. Like, like, like I hate reading. I don't even think hate is a good enough word to describe how much I dislike reading. I've only read two full books in my entire life. It's not that I can't read. I can read just fine. 
but I hate it. It bores me to death. I cannot stand reading. So reading the Bible has always been a challenge for me. It's not because the Bible is boring. It's because every book I've ever read is boring. But I had to apply the gift that God gave me regardless of the wants I had in my life. Let me ask y'all this. Y'all really think Jesus wanted to die? Because while y'all complain about not wanting the gift that God has given you, Jesus didn't want to die. God called Jesus to do something, just like he's called us all to do something. You really think Jesus wanted to die? It says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, that in the garden, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, we we celebrate the resurrection, with this, which is great. But Jesus, y'all really thought Jesus wanted to die? He's begging. God, please, if there's any other way that I can do this, <laughs> there's any other way, please let it happen. Because Jesus, let's be honest, he didn't want to sit there and get beat and tortured and ultimately hang from a cross to suffocate and die. Y'all really thought he wanted to do that? No. And some of y'all in your life is praying this same prayer. Father, if it's possible, let this pass. If it's possible, please don't call me to bless these people because I don't have money myself. Lord, if it's possible, please don't, don't call me to be a friend to them because they've hurt me in the past. Lord, if it's possible, please let it pass from me. But Jesus didn't just stop there. He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Because Jesus understood that even if what God was calling him to do was not what Jesus ultimately wanted, that if he just stuck with the plan, if you just stick with the plan, if you, if you just stick with what God has given you, God's not going to give you bad produce. God's not going to give you a gift that's trash. He ain't going to give you a gift that has no, no, no ability to impact. Everything that God has placed inside of you, he's wanting to use to be able to glorify him and to be able to bring more people to Christ. Second point is check your freshness. Now, I ain't talking about your B.O. or how y'all breath be humming because I know that's the case. I know some of y'all didn't brush your teeth this morning and your breath nasty, but I ain't talking about that type of freshness. What I'm talking about is this. We live in a world where everything has an expiration date. Everything. Produce, you know, food, plants, life, things rust, people die, everything. Everything has an expiration date. And so we're so used to if we don't consume this immediately or in the specified time frame, it will go bad. And I wonder if we don't see God producing at our pace in this season, do we assume that our opportunity expired? You know, the same thing happened to the Israelites. God promised them the promised land. And a trip that would have ultimately taken them two weeks. Two weeks. Two. Took them 40 years. Not because God was moving the promise. Not because God was like, ha ha, y'all thought this land was over here. No, it's not. No, he promised them actual land. God was not picking up the plot of land and moving it around to trick the Israelites. That's not what happened. What happened was, is the Israelites time and time again doubted God. They doubted what God had promised them. They disobeyed God and they decided to go their own way. So God never moved the promise. They just were not walking into what he had promised. God will never 
move your promise. God cannot lie. So if God promises you something, it is available, but you have to walk into it. And we talked about this on the last episode of the podcast with David. When Samuel walked up to the house of Jesse and was like, yo, give me all your sons. And he didn't show him David because God was about to anoint a king. And then Jesse was finally like, okay, my other son David is out here, but he's tending to the sheep. And Samuel said, go get him. We're not going to move until he gets here. The promise that God had for David was not going to move until David showed up. But it took David showing up to receive the promise. We have to make a move. God has given us a gift and a promise, but if we do not plant ourselves, then we will never grow. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23, listen to this. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Now, what's this mean? When you are born again, God has already planted something inside of you. Oh, come on. He's already planted the ability, the gift inside of you. That's why it's important that you plant yourself in a place where you can grow. I think about vegetables when I think about this. And my mom always used to make me eat vegetables. And I used to despise her. Not, I used to despise the fact that she made me eat vegetables because vegetables were gross. I ain't like no cauliflower or mushrooms or celery. Should I put some peanut butter on that joint like it's going to make it better? No, celery gross, mom. I ain't want no celery. But she made me eat the vegetables and she would tell me to, to finish my plate. And it used to drive me crazy because she would get mad if I didn't finish my plate. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, if you want me to finish my plate, cook something that I'm going to eat. But she made me vegetables and she didn't do it because she wanted to see how much I hated vegetables. No, no, no. She didn't want to see the, you know, the nasty look on my face. She did it not because I was going to enjoy it, but because of what they were going to produce inside of me. They're going to make you healthier. You need to understand this. God does not give his children bad produce. Some of y'all think that God put you in a bad relationship. Some of y'all think that God put you into a bad job or that he made you lose your job. Some of y'all think that God is bringing you pain to try and punish you. That's not the case. God will never bring you bad produce, but sometimes he will allow it to happen and he allows it to happen so you can grow because what the enemy tries to do is the enemy will try and bury you. He'll try and bury you in this season because your finances, he'll try and bury you because your lack of faith, because you're wondering how can anything be productive when everything is falling around me. He'll try and bury you with, with pain and with sorrow and the enemy will wants nothing more than to bury you in this season. But just like first Peter said, God has placed a seed inside of you. And guess what happens when a seed gets buried? It has no choice but to grow. Oh, come on, somebody. What the enemy will try and bury you in in this season, God will grow you in the next. Oh, man. So step three, we have to pass out our produce. We have to pass it out. We can't hold on to it. First Peter four says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We have received a gift and it is our job to use it. You know, Jesus had a ton of gifts and he used all his gifts. He showed off. 
He showed up, he showed out, and he showed off. Check it. Check this out, Mark chapter 6. Y'all maybe heard this story before where Jesus feed the 5,000, right? Where the disciples roll up with just a few pieces of bread and fish, and Jesus said, everybody eat. Everybody. It's all on me. I'm I'm paying the tab. So, so let's take a look at this. Disciples rolled up to Jesus, and they're like, yo, Jesus, this crowd probably getting hungry, dog. Like, you've been preaching all day, like, all day. <laughs> like, like, bro, all day. They getting hungry, and honestly, we kind of getting hungry too. So, how about you just dismiss them? Go, go tell them to go to the other side of town and get some food. We'll all be happy, and we can do some other time. All right, Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, you go feed them. Wait, what? Jesus, you you talking about feeding five thousand people? You know how many you know how many Popeye chicken sandwiches that's gonna take to feed five thousand people? And Jesus said, go feed them. And so they came back, and they're like, yo, Jesus, uh, we are able to get up five loaves and two fish, but I mean you know, five, 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 and two, that doesn't equal 5,000. I don't know what we're going to do. And so Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. He broke the loaves, kind of like how his body was broken because he's the bread of life, but we're going to keep on going. He broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. Ain't it kind of cool how the bread of life produced more bread? Remember how I said you produce what you are? Jesus is the bread of life, and he ended up producing more bread. That's kind of cool. But check this out. Jesus blessed the disciples with a gift because he broke the bread and he multiplied it. Now, understand this. The verse said that he then gave them to the disciples. The food that he broke, he gave it to the disciples, and it was their job to give it to the people. So he blessed them with a gift, which was more bread. But in order for the people to receive that produce, the disciples had to go out and give it to them. They weren't just going to receive the food on their own. The disciples could have easily have just eaten that bread and it would have never been multiplied because if you keep your gift to yourself, God cannot multiply it. But when you produce your gift to the world, God will multiply it for the betterment of his kingdom. What I want y'all to see today that in this time of pandemic, you can produce, you can be productive, but it's going to take strengthening your supply, checking your freshness, and passing out your produce. God has given a gift to everyone. And I pray that you take up the initiative to use the gift that God has given you, even if it seems like he gave you a pair of socks. He gave it to you because it's what you need and what the people around you need from you. I hope y'all have a great day. I hope this message is going to help you see that you can produce through this pandemic. And if you want to listen to any more uplifting messages, go check out the past episodes on my podcast. We're almost close to 200 downloads on the podcast. It's absolutely insane. I appreciate all of you. Y'all have a great day. Whoa.